Praise the Lord. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 24. The most easy book to find in the Bible. There it is. I remember when, over the years, God so lovingly and so efficiently was teaching us the many principles that we have been privileged to explore in his word. And I can remember with great appreciation um, so many of them and how God brought us along in uh, expounding some of the deepest things that are in his word that I had never seen before after growing up in the church, being at church every time the doors were open, hearing multitudes of sermons, hearing sermons most of the day long on the radio that my mother would be playing, um, you know, going to Bible college, going to seminary, and the way that the Father, the Spirit of Truth, would guide us through his word experientially, but riveting and, and establishing everything in the scripture. What a precious gift that's been to, to me, to all of us. And when we talk about this principle of Sha'al, I remember when God first started to, to teach us about that and what it really and truly meant. Uh, I did the diligence We've all patterned in our studies uh, when God um, first talked to us out of uh, Isaiah 7, and he was speaking about uh, the ministry of Isaiah, and then he was talking to Ahaz, and um, the, the principle of Sha'al, that was the hook that God used to, to bring us into that further developmental study. In fact, I was in here praying one morning. And I heard um, what I believe was an angelic voice that said, uh, ask of me. And I went there. And uh, I, I remember that morning. And I remember what it was like to discover what Sha'al meant and how that it is an intimate point of relationship, first and foremost. It's... Um, it speaks of the, of the interior, uh, dare I say, comfort garment that people would wear in their homes when no one else was around. And, and uh, you know, that it was the idea of you being who you are, not who you are with your mantle, not who you are with your, your uh, epithets of warfare, not who you are with your, your, your garments of subterfuge, uh, where you go through the place the, uh, uh, of the enemy and he can't see you, the garment of humility, the garment of meekness, none of that. Those are all important. But the place that God sees you when it's just you and him, and that's the essence, that intimacy of Sha'al. And so you see that word used always in, an, in, a, in a close quarter type of a thing. Sometimes people see like, 
the example of Joseph when he was in the prison and they had those interactions with people and they were sha'aling back and forth. And he said, well, how can that mean a kingly authority? Here he is in the slammer. Well, what do you think they wore in the prison? You think he had a wardrobe of three-piece Armani's? Or do you think that they were just basically dressed with loincloths in the prison? I mean, there, there wasn't a whole lot hidden there in the prison. You know, the keepers of the prison and the butler and the baker and the candlestick maker, they were all just mano y mano. And that Sha'al conversation, when you got nothing left to lose, is why it was used there with Joseph. And there was discussion about how to advise Pharaoh. And there was discussion there that then opened the door. See, these principles all make sense. But when it comes to God saying, ask me, and using that word, he's saying, I don't want you to come up here and read the Book of Common Prayer. I don't want you to come up here and write some long soliloquy where you try to impress me with your eloquence. I want to come into the essence of who you are, where no one else is, and I want to talk to you. And I want to show you that verse that Les uh, referenced. I want to show you the things that are immediately to come, the kairos moment that is about to move. And I want to talk to you there. And from that, I want to begin to nudge your perspective in a way concerning something that I'm about to do in my sons, that I'm about to do with my hand. And I want this to be a perspective word, and I want you to come into an agreement with me there in that intimate place, that place, dare I say, of hope. And then I want to keep guiding you in that way. See, there's a difference between Sha'al and even Prosuke. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned this this past week in the Saints Radio, because when you're, when you're ministering in supplication, in partnership with God, and God gives a, a, a revelation to you that you had not seen, a directive, you're already engaged in partnership, as precious as that is. And that's what prosuke is. But sha'al is something that is integral to the beginning point. And, and that's how God can say over this past weekend where we're emerging from a time frame where the spirit of Elohim has been protecting us and we're about to enter into a new frame of, of ministry this is for the past few weeks what God's been saying to us. I want to speak to you in the Sha'al. I'm not going to do away with your calling. I'm not going to say, okay, you've been doing this. Now it's time to get rid of all that mess and find something new. No, God is going to build on the foundation of what he's trained us. And he's going to take that and give us a perspective of where he's going next. And as Monica said earlier, you know, he's not going to eliminate the laws of faith by telling you every jot and tittle of what's coming. Sometimes we want that, and we're, we're displaying idiocy if we do. God is a God that guides us in the walk of faith. The Word is a light to our way, and uh, it's not a spotlight that shows you the next 15 miles. And, you know, it's kind of like the principle of why God kept enemies in the land so that we wouldn't forget how to trust him and to follow him and to learn how to fight and remember how to fight. Um, I, I pray for our nation <laughs> that we don't 
surrender the principles that made us a great nation under God. There's a whole lot of nations out there that haven't forgotten how to fight, and they've got us in the crosshairs, and it's, it's not time for us just to cross our legs and sing kumbaya. We'll soon be taken over. That's what, uh, that's what happens to the church, and we can't let that happen, but I digress. So we come to this passage in Genesis 24, and I remember when we were studying initially about Sha'al, and I studied all the different words. You did too. And this is the first issuance of Sha'al. In fact, it's the first couple of issuances. And as I read it, I thought, this is, this is the Word of God. I treasure it. Um, but I've never taught on this. And I felt the Lord say early on, you know, he wasn't saying anything. <laughs> I said, Father, I know the law of first issuance. Uh, this is a very important passage. This is significant. This is a first and second issuance. And you're not saying anything about it. So I didn't beleaguer the point. Uh, we went on and we taught a lot of things and have used it. But God directed me to this today. And I, I, in the Sha'al before the Lord over these past number of days, I believe it is a significant moment for, for me, for this house, for our network, but most importantly, for the calling that we all share before the Lord. Now, you'll notice before I read this, we're going to read verses 1 through 12, and we're going to talk about this story and we're going to then read 42 through 59, and we're going to see some specific points of direction for where we are right now. But just as a kind of reminder to us of the setting, Abram was 140 years old at this point, and um, Sarah had just died. She was 127. So he was grieving. You know, his wife, his... Um, his, uh, they had a lot of stories to tell together, and now she was gone. And um, it wasn't, you know, we, we talked about the, the scenarios that they faced uh, when, they, when they were childless, and we talked about um, how that they kind of jumped the gun, and he had a, uh, a baby named Ishmael with Hagar, and they've been paying the price for that since then. And um, we, we talked about the miracle of God coming to him and saying, you know, you're going to conceive. And Sarah was laughing. And, you know, you remember that story in the plains of Mamre. And usually we, we look at that as the apex of faith. To me, this, what we're going to talk about today, is right up there with when God brought about the birth of Isaac. Because Abram, at 140 years old, his wife is dead, he calls his servant Eliezer, and we're assuming this is Eliezer, uh, he's not really named here, but it's his chief servant, and we know that's who he was, uh, and he... he um, He's needing to have a wife 
for his son. Because, you know, he's the one that's going to carry on the lineage. And it's important. Uh, you know, we've seen in this house how the wrong, how I got to say, how I, well, let me phrase this right. <laughs> we've seen in this house that when people are looking for a spouse, sometimes they're so focused on that that they'll just accept anything that comes along, whether it takes them out of their purpose or not. And so many times we've seen that happen, haven't we? Not to be critical, it's just the truth. I mean, you, two plus two is four. I mean, if somebody comes in, you've got somebody's on fire for the Lord, and all of a sudden some sweet thing or sweet guy comes, and, and soon they're, they're not praying anymore, they're not coming anymore, they're gone. They do away because they found the biological clock. And so Abram recognizes this. And he said, you know, there's the miracle boy over here. He's 40 years old now. <laughs> he, he doesn't have a wife. And the wrong wife can totally derail this calling that God has given to his lineage. Does that make sense? So to me, this scenario and the law of first issuance of Sha'al is of, of utmost importance in the life of Abram. And it really is for us right now. And I believe that God kept this passage for this time frame for us right now. So let's, uh, let's read um, verses 1 through 12 and see what's going on here. And then we'll, we're just going to talk this morning. We're going to prophesy out of this. And, uh, and I believe that it's, it's going to be an insight for us, but it's also going to be a, a release that's going to be uh, upon this year. Uh, and I'm very thankful for this, and I'm looking forward to the continuation of, of how God's going to keep... Uh, Sha'aling us through uh, in, um, in what, what, what he's got in store for us. Abram was old, well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. You know what? We've been blessed in all things, haven't we? We really have been. <laughs> I marvel at the goodness of our God. We are sons of Abram in faith, and God's blessed us. Abram said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. The servant said unto him, Peradventure, I love that word, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abram said unto him, Beware that thou bring not my son thither again. Whoo! Let's talk about this this far. Eliezer means the helper of Elohim. Now, I know what the general church teaches about this. I've taught this. And the standard line is that Rebecca represents the church 
Eliezer represents the Holy Spirit, and this is an evangelistic campaign. I understand that. But to me, Isaac represents the church. Eliezer does represent the spirit of Elohim. And you know, what you're looking at is not somebody to, to become the ecclesia. You're looking for somebody in Rebekah to uh, empower the ecclesia, to lock the ecclesia into position and let them grow and develop. Amen? So Eliezer comes, and Abram is old, and he puts his hand under his thigh, and if you read some commentaries, you'll recognize what this really means. It's that Abram is saying, look, my lineage in the, the most um, intimate place that I can submit myself to someone, I am putting under your charge. And I want you to go into the land where I came out from, and I want you to be led by the Spirit, and I want you to um, bring back a wife for my son. But do not, do not in any way, shape, or form make any arrangement to take my son back into that. And let's keep reading because it says it again and again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. If the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and swear to him concerning the matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia under the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that the women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. So Eliezer comes. After the second admonition, don't you think of taking my son there. You bring a wife back out of there. You don't take him there. And in verse 12, Eliezer's praying, and he asks for two things. He asks for good speed, which is interestingly kara, Q-A-R-A. We've studied about this. This is that taking something, uh, taking responsibility for something that is not Yours initially, but by God's directive, you're assuming it. What a great word that is. And secondly, that you would <clears throat> show kindness. And this is chesed. I want the directive of mercy here. So whoever it is that you are sending to me, I, I am representing a mission that was not mine but I am representing my master and Elohim, and whoever is coming is going to have to surrender what they had and join together with this mission. That's the principle of good speed or kara. Both of them were going to have to come to that connection. And I want mercy. I want the chesed. I want in the presence of this angel, and just as Moses did uh, or would do, 
I'm going to receive direction from you because that's what mercy is. It's very interesting. Now, um, how does this matter for us? Well, soon, of course, Rebecca is going to come. And um, she is significant in a number of ways, not just because she's going to be the wife of Isaac. Rebecca's name means that she is tethered to something, and she fills a gap of some sort. And um, she's bound to something. You know, Baca is, is there. So much so that you accept the burden and, and you're going to commit. That's an interesting word. But according to what the Scripture said, and there's no pictures in my Bible, even those pretty little white Bibles I had when I was a kid who had paintings in it, I never saw a picture of her, but the Bible says she was a virgin and she was beautiful. And so she comes out, and uh, the covenant that Eliezer had made was, you know, whoever's going to come and give me water and take care of the camels, I mean, that's the one. So she comes out, he asks for water, she's, he gives him water, and then she says, you know, let me also provide for your camels. Now, that is not, that is not a small thing. You've got ten camels there who've been laden down with basically what would be a dowry. And camels, you know those humps they have, the dromedaries? I mean, they're, they're water jugs, basically. And so to fill ten thirsty camels, that pretty little virgin was busy. She did a lot of work. You want to talk about the first miracle where those servants went and brought those big pots full of water, those firkins full of water. This is on a par with that. I mean, she, she did not ask for, she would, did not agree to do some small thing. She was already fulfilling a miraculous commitment. So, it's very interesting that Eliezer has this discussion with her. And in verse 22, um, he, uh, it came to pass as the camels were done drinking that the man took a golden earring of a half shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold. And um, he, he gives them to her. Now, I did some, I did some research here. And if, if you were to look at the current price of gold, the, the earring was probably worth about 400 bucks, the current price of gold. And the bracelets were worth about $8,000. So if you extrapolate back, this was no trinket. This was a significant gift that he gives to this, to this girl. And he begins to talk to her about her lineage. And she says that she is um, the son of Beth. Beth his name means destroyed, a destroyer of Elohim, or to destroy with Elohim. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess you can do both. Now, the, the significance of this is, stick with me here, okay, that Bethuel was the son of one of Abram's brothers. And it's funny because... Bethuel's father was Nahor, which means to snort or to snore. How'd you like to have that in name? Some of you may be willing to name your spouse that right now. Um, and, um, you know, Abram had this brother, 
and he had another brother, Haran, who died early, and that was Lot's father. And that's why Lot traveled with Abram. Abram kind of took care of him. So basically what you have here is the guy that is Rebekah's father, Bethuel, is Abram's nephew, which Lot was also Abram's nephew. So this really is his kindred, and this really is of his lineage. And um, yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's very interesting. So, and, and the other weird part about it is, is that as soon as they get back, you know, they make the agreement that she, he's going to come and, and um, stay at her house, and, and Eliezer's going to tell this whole story to Bethuel and um, her brother and her, her mother. Um, the interesting part is that her brother is Laban. And Laban and uh, his mother, which is Re Rebecca's mother, her name meant queen. And uh, we, we know that later on, Rebecca's son ends up coming to Laban. And he's the one that has the two daughters, Leah, who was uh, kind of given to him kind of by trickery. And so you had to work those many years. Uh, you, you remember Rachel and Leah. Uh, and this was the same dude, Laban. Can you imagine that? It says that as soon as, as soon as, uh, as soon as Rebecca gets back to her house and starts telling him there's this guy over here and he gave me this bracelet and, and, this, and this ring, as soon as Laban, the Bible says, sees the bracelet and the rings, he takes off and runs to Eliezer. So you can see where his heart is. And he goes and stands by the camels. And what were the camels bearing? A lot of money. A lot of dough. Laban was there. Now, okay, so all that being said, uh, we come to verse uh, 27. And... Um, He said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who have not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. It, it's interesting that here you have these words. He shachaz, which is the Old Testament measure of proskuneo. He, he says, Mercy and truth, chesed and emet, the fulfillment of what was commissioned to me at the right hand. That, he's, he's sure that this is what God has said. He's sure that God has done this work. He, and he's on his face, and he's talking about mercy and truth. He's sure that this is what God has done. And I believe God is going to give us a similar measure of assurity in, in what we're to do. Um, so, he has this discussion, then he goes to the house, he has this discussion. Bethuel and Laban say, you know, this really must be of God, and, and we're in agreement with it. And you come to verse 42 then, uh, because ba basically Eliezer's telling this family all the things that had just happened. So there's no sense reading that. You can, but it's just a retelling. 
Verse 42, And I came this day unto the well and said, O Lord God of my master, if now thou do prosper my way which I go, and this is Salah, S-A-L-A-H, which is, is the fulfillment of the Selah, uh, you just see all these key words that God has shown us over the years, and they're just pop, 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 pop. This is a fulfillment. It's a waiting. It's a fulfillment. Behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass, and when the virgin comes forth to draw, I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little of the water of the pitcher to drink. And she say to me, Both drink thou, and I will also draw from thy camels. Let the same be the woman whom the Lord hath appointed out for my master's son. And before I had done speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder. She went down into the well and drew water, and I said unto her, Let me drink, I pray thee. And she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will also give thy camels drink as well. So I drank, and she made the camels drink. Whose daughter art thou? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bare unto him. And I put the earring upon her face and the bracelets upon her hands, and I bowed down my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of the, my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. And now if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or the left. Laban and Bethuel answered and said, This thing proceeds from Yahweh. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be my master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abram's servant heard the words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth again. And the, Lord, and the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. And they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning and said, Send me away unto my master. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at least ten. After that, she shall go. What do you think is going on there? What do you think is going on there? Leverage. Papa had said, with Laban, this is of the Lord, it's a done deal. And then after he sees all the goods, Laban and Queenie, they decide, hey, maybe there's more to this deal. You know, we got a prize here. We asked too much. Let's, let's put a few disclaimers here. And Eliezer is not buying any of that. You got to watch out for Laban. You really got to watch out for him. Because he's in the place where we came out from. And you gotta, you got to be really careful because there's always uh, the view of money. There's always the view of other things. You know, when Jesus said, uh, lift up your fields and look, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they're white. You know, Laban's name means white. It can also mean desert, but it's primarily white. And when we're looking on the fields of harvest, in the midst of that whiteness, there may be also some deception that's thinking, you know what, there may be something more in this for me. You know, he's offering this much, but will you also do this and will you also do this? And I love it that um, in verse 56, the helper of Elohim says, Hinder me not, seeing the Lord has prospered my way, send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the damsel and Sha'al at her mouth. 
And they called Rebekah and said unto them, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. And they sent away Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse, and Abram's servant, and his men. We will inquire, and wilt thou? You know, there are the two first issuances of Sha'al. And it's interesting, too, that the camels that they brought laden with basically what would be a dowry are the camels that are used to take her back and her, and her maid servants. And, and I, I just think this is a very, very interesting thing. So, what does all this mean for us other than this nice little Bible lesson? I believe that in this year, God in the Sha'al is directing us that he is going to open doors for, um, for us to be able to sow back into places where we've come out from and that God is dealing in the Sha'al with those in those camps that will say, I will go. And they're not, they're, they're, they're beautiful. They're, they're willing to be a virgin unto the Lord. Um, I believe that this is what God is wanting. And I, I believe that it's partially going to be to the movement we came out from. But I also believe it's going to be into the prophetic camp that also nurtured us for a season. And I believe that in this way, God is going to allow us to, to see um, uh, the, prophetic, the prophetic ministries that the Scripture speaks about, the saints and the prophets in the end time coming together to do battle against the enemy. Uh, I believe that this is going to be kind of like us coming as Issachar into alignment with uh, those, those warriors that are like Zebulun. And, and I believe that God has begun to prepare the doors and the places for this. Uh, I believe that the enemy always, and Abram was very clear about this, um, do not surrender my son back to this land. There's a temptation of that. You know, this would have, you know, Jacob got snared by it. And he wasted years. Now, why did he make that decision? Because you remember the story. <clears throat> he was dwelling out of fear. He was running from Esau. And he, he had the covenant blessing, but he didn't really trust it. And he wanted it, but he didn't really trust it. You know, Isaac was still alive. I mean, he could, have, he could have stayed there. Yahweh would have protected him against Esau. And, and uh, Isaac would have been there. And his mom would have been there. But instead, he hightailed it to Laban. And uh, Laban did a number on him in a number of ways. Don't you think? You know? Uh, Abram, the words of Abram echo, Do not surrender my son into that land. Twice he said it. It was really clear, and I think that had he been, if, if he had the opportunity, he said, and don't let my grandson be surrendered back into that land. I think there's a temptation now for, for us in many ways. We've, you know, we've, we've seen 
in some ways, I don't want to go too far with this, uh, there's, there's been a grieving over the past couple of years in some ways as we've approached this, this point of tremendous advance. For Abram, Sarah died. For us, we've, we've lost some that were really instrumental to us. And it, it's just been a grieving. I, I freely admit that. And, and, but, but now, God's saying it's time for the angel of the Lord, and it's time for, um, it's time for the helper of Elohim, that's the, the, the Holy Spirit, to go and to begin to bring those who will be instrumental in seeing the next wave of my covenant promise to be fulfilled. And that's the year we're going to know. And that's why this issuance, the first issuance of Sha'al is here and why God saved it for this moment. We are not going to go and become like what we came out of. I, I bless that. Abram said this. I'm not offending anybody. I'm not thumbing my nose at anybody. But if you want to walk with Abram, you came out from the camp. Yes, we are sent back. But we're not going to go live there. We're not going to become that again. It, it grieved my heart many years ago when we had a wonderful, God opened a door, a wonderful church, a wonderful pastor, and they became part of us, and they hit a rough patch, and they just closed up shop, disintegrated their church. This was years ago. And they told their people, what, they said, well, what do we do about what we've learned? They said, well, we'll just go back to where we were and you just forget about that. We're not doing that, folks. We ain't doing that. God has put in motion something for us that we need in this hour. Our son needs to be united with a Sha'al covenant connection that the Spirit of God is already moving in. And it's going to be that way. I don't know how this is going to happen. The Holy Ghost, the angel of the Lord, which is both here, the helper, the helper, that's Eleazar, the Eleazar, the helper of Elohim. And Abram also said, my angel, the angel that God has given is with you. I believe that's with us. And I believe into the prophetic camps, and I believe into those vestiges of the Pentecostal movement. God is going to be making arrangements, and what we've been given what, and what we need in order for the, the, the ideal purpose of God, there are going to be arrangements that are made. But as long as, I don't know who I represent in this picture. I don't feel 140 years old. Sometimes I did. But as long as I'm around, we're not selling ourselves short. And I'm not going to let us become, no matter how much great singing they have, no matter how many people they've got, how many people are bowing down to them, we're not going to become the movement we came out of. Where movement implies movement. Going forward into the deep things of God. I treasure the things that God has given us, and you do too. Do not let my son go and dwell in that land. Uh-uh. There, is, there are handmaidens of the Lord that the Spirit is pouring out on. And the sons and daughters are going to prophesy, and God is making an arrangement. So 
as I prayed about this, and it just kind of hit me Friday night and yesterday, um, I, I really spent a lot of time praying in Shaw, which is what we're supposed to all be doing. And um, I'm asking the Lord to open those doors. I'm asking the Lord to make uh, the things he's given us as a dowry exactly what he wants them to be so that um, we, can, we can make these transactions that are ordained of the Lord. Um, you know, I don't, I don't mind telling you, I know we needed this miracle. This is Abram did. Abraham did. I, I know we need God to do some maneuvers. And it's, yes, when we prophesied about the Elisha's coming, that's been happening. This is part of that. But it's, it's, uh, it's a lot different. Uh, I, I feel like the enemy has always fought that thing where you can go and become what you were or you can hold out for what the Spirit of God wants to arrange so that you can become what I want you to be. And um, right now I recognize that God has positioned us. What have we said over this past year? What did we say even a month ago? God has been preserving us. He's been protecting us. He's been providing. He's been girding us up for what's coming. What's God been talking to us about? And I've mentioned this for the last four months. God has been saying, you need to get ready, the provender. You need to get ready, these pods of principle, these deeper words. You need to get them ready. You need to be praying about how to, you know, measure twice before you cut. You need to get them ready because you're going to put these into the hands of the nations and you're going to put these there. These are filling these camels that the Spirit is going to be sending out. Yeah, there's going to be Laban just like there was during William Branham's ministry, you know. Branham was working with Gordon Lindsay. Things were going well. And they got to this point where the Spirit began to say, you know what, I want to expand this ministry. I want to take it to, a, to the next level. And there were some Labans that came along to Branham and said, you know what, we've got the slick maneuver for you. We can help you. You can have much more money. You can have all these things. We see what you have. And that's what caused, I'm just boiling it down, uh, Branham to kind of go down a pathway that eventually led to the destruction of his ministry and ultimately to his destruction. And Gordon Lindsay split off from that because he knew that wasn't right and subsequently formed CFNI and the rest is history. You know, I think every ministry comes to a point, no matter how great or how uh, whatever measure of development it's in, where you've got to be able to judge the transitional moments of the Spirit and you've got to be very careful that you make the right decision. You don't just settle for anybody. This was why Abram said, you know what? If you go there and, and it doesn't work, deal's done. It's over. You get back here. You're free from your oath. We're not going to just settle for anything. Do you hear me? We're not going to just settle. Okay, we prophesied this. This is going to happen. And, uh, you know... Some ugly cousin of Rachel shows up, you know, I, Rebecca, I'm not going to buy, I'm not buying into that. The Spirit is going to guide us. You think about what Eliezer said, you know, I, I've got a Salah here. 
I've got uh, emet. I've got the fulfillment of the right hand. I've got the fulfillment of the sila. I've got uh, I've got the mercy of the Lord. He's directed. He's given exactly what we've asked for. I'm on my face here, and I've repeated this story over and over again in this passage. He's making sure that there is no part of this that is that is misconstrued or un misunderstood. I mean, he tell you read this uh, when you get home later. He tells it over and over and over again. And this is where the Lord wants us. And so I'm also asking the Father to, to help us now to enter into this year and to be specifically directed as to how to prepare what's on those camels and, and how to do it. Uh, you know, exactly. We've got a lot of treasures. <laughs> Father's given us a lot of treasures. He's given us the, the choice things, the meat of his heart, the jewels, the precious jewels. We've got gold and spirit rum. We're Fort Knox or more. God has given us the depth, hasn't he? True riches, eternal riches. Our thesaurus is full. So how do we, how do we prepare that? God's going to show. He's going to help us. I, I know I don't know how to do it. I freely and readily admit that. I can teach this stuff. We can teach this stuff. But I, I know that we need the directive of the Lord, especially how to put it together, how to package, how to package it, how to make it ready. I mean, I'm just opening my heart here. These are all dimensions of the Sha'al. And as we take that step, and, and I, I ask for agreement today across our network and through this great house, uh, as, we, as we enter into the covenant of what God is saying for this year, I believe then that we then engage into a, a grace partnership. We begin to offer supplication about it, and God will give us prosuke direction. But these juncture points of Sha'al, uh, I, I say what Isaiah offered in Isaiah 7. We're going to ask, we're going to Sha'al for a sign in the heavens. We need heavenly directives. At the top of that ladder of Elohim, we need the plan of God to shine upon us. And in the, in the depths, we need to be just absolutely riveted uh, in, in the foundation of what we're doing. But what we're expecting is places that are kindred. He wondered how we were going to be, uh, our apostolic message is going to go there. This is how. Now, I don't know 50 miles down the road. I don't know that. But what I know is when Eliezer was sent out and Rebecca was ready and she bought into it. You, you think about that. Again, you think about that. This is in that little hamlet, this little city, this, this girl was the top of the line. I mean, she wasn't an also-ran. She, 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 was, she was ready. I mean, think about that. I mean, I don't want to belabor this too much. Uh, but, you know, I, I better not belabor it. If we were just sitting around talking, we could talk about this. But to find a beautiful girl who was probably the, you know, anybody that was around there, any young guy that was around there probably had his eyes set on this one. And for her to have such a servant's heart, 
And to, to get out there, I mean, to get out there and to serve this guy that she didn't know and to serve those camels, I mean, how odd is that? You know, how, how odd is that? That, that is just not what, that's, that's just not, this was a girl of privilege. And how often do you find privileged ones who are willing to go the extra mile? So God, God has his spirit and his angels are, gonna, are already in the works, putting a hunger and a willingness. But again, if it, if it comes to the part, you know, she was ready to go. I'm gone. We're not going there. We're not staying there. You know, to get this beautiful one, we're not going to join some other camp. God has given us, as he gave Abram, a unique calling for these end times. It is profound. I'm not selling it short. I am not. I just not. And God is preparing those ones, exemplary ones, who will come alongside and who will say, let me be the one that will partner with this and help um, to, to bring, bring about the expansion of this covenantal calling. So this is the law of first issuance. This is Sha'al. And I, and I, I release this uh, with excitement, knowing full well that I don't have a, this is my plan. I don't have a plan after this. You know? This, this is what we've got. This is what God is saying. This is what we're going to see. And this, this is what the Spirit of the Lord and the angels of the Lord are being released to go and covenant with. Now, how the connections are going to come, I don't know. But it's going to come. So what do we do? we got to get ready. And um, I'm, I'm believing that God's going to direct us. Because this is his time. It's time. You know, over this past year, we've been through a lot of stuff. And God's blessed us. But honestly, um, you know, the beginning of last year, we were fasting at this time. And God said that he was going to change us similar to the way he changed us at the beginning, but to a much greater degree, didn't he? That's happened. That's been happening. And um, I... Uh, I, I know that over this past year, I've had a lot of time to go before God. And I'm, I'm so thankful. You have too. It's not just me. It's all of us. And there were times where in the deepest place of my life, I would say, Lord, I believe I'm going to just keep going on forever. And I, I feel like Caleb. I feel as strong as I ever have been. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm slowing down. I, I'm ready for Freddie. But I also know that I'm 63 years old, and uh, it's time for us to begin to see some expansion in ways of your choosing. Well, we've been expanding around the world. I mean, it's not like we haven't, you know, there are thousands of people, many, many thousands of people that are part of this saint's family around the world. So it's not like we've been withering away in the dust. 
But for this movement to really fulfill what God's got uh, in the days ahead, we need some miracle connects. And uh, we need God to do this. Because in myself, I know, you know, Abram, I, I feel for, with him. You know, it's funny, too, that Sarah uh, died in what is Hebron. You remember what we studied about Hebron. It was the place of kings. It was a place where you either, you either um, go and are anointed for rulership or there's a twisting. It can be witchcraft. Haven't we seen that? Haven't we seen that over this past couple of years? We've seen, we've seen people go off and follow the doctrines of demons at a time where God has brought us to Hebron to say, I'm about to take the kingdom into a new phase. It's transition. And so when Sarah died, it was at this point of transition, and it's a way to get Abraham's attention. You know, the, the past is done. Now we're going into the new. And, and I felt that in very deepest places. And, and I know that this is, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this passage. You know, for the last few weeks we've been looking, and even last week I spoke about Sha'al, you know, the ask thee a sign of the Lord from Isaiah, ask me of things to come, ask for the latter rain, the lending of the, of the, of the treasures of Egypt, the Sha'al, even what Monica mentioned about Hannah and lending uh, her son to the Lord. You know, that was our message. I mean, Genesis 24 was not on the radar, not on my radar, until Friday night, and then all day yesterday, and, and then even this morning. So I know that God has reserved this first issuance of Sha'al for us, and I launch it forth in this new year. And, and it's an exciting thing. We just keep praying. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know how the Elishas were going to start coming. But it happened, and it's going to continue to happen. But this is the servants and the handmaidens. The sons and daughters are going to keep prophesying. Dreams and visions are going to keep coming. That's Joel 2 and Acts 2. But the handmaidens and the servants, those are the ones that the Spirit is going to be poured out on, and we call them forth right now, don't we? Wow, there's so much. This is, this is so rich. I mean, I could just keep going on and on about this. <laughs> it's just amazing. The warnings, the directives, the miracles. This is great. This is just, this is just great. <laughs> I feel the joy of the Lord in so many ways. So, for those of you who are in the general church and you're just tuning in, let me give a word for you. Okay, let's 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 bring it into a more pastoral word. Some of you are in a transitional point in your life. You know it. And you look at your life and you think, what's left for me? You know, and you can list all the things that have been wrong, but you can also list the way God's preserved you. And I I give you a word that was given over and over again by a man who I dearly love, my mentor, Brother H.C. Noah. You need to live as long as you're alive. And you need to believe that at this moment, 
If you will partner with God in prayer, not bellyache in prayer, not giving your laundry list to God, but just go before Him in the essence of who you are, who God created you to be. Ask God to use you in a way unlike anything, the best wine for last, and unlike any way that He's used you in the past. And God will. Don't shortchange the life God's given you. Believe Him for miracles in these days. God will use you. But it's up to you. I can't lay hands on your, on your gray head and call this forth. It's up to you. I can't impart something to you. It's up to you to be that before the Lord. Do it. God's with you right now. Do it. And see what He'll do. And then be very careful that tonight and tomorrow morning when the enemy comes and challenges the word that you're presenting before God, that you don't start agreeing with the enemy. Well, you know, when Ron was talking, I agreed, but it's just uh, in the light of day, I don't see how God. You, just, you need Gabriel to come and put a lock on your lips like he did with Zechariah so he doesn't screw up the whole thing with John the Baptist coming. Watch what you say. But right now, go before God and ask Him to do something in your life. Amen. So I speak blessing over all of you. This has been a day of, of great blessing in the worship, in the prophetic, in the teaching. And I, I continue to declare the blood of Jesus over all of you. And um, we're, um, we're going to see some incredible things in this new year. And boy, am I ready for it. <laughs> Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for all the words you've been giving to your people and the Sha'al ways you've been speaking to us over these past uh, number of hours. And I, I release the blessing over your people. And we as a saint's body, we come before your throne right now and we stand in agreement for what it is that you have put it in our hearts to achieve. We submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit and to your holy angels to direct us and to guide us. And we ask you, Lord, that these things, this Sha'al partnership, will be done. And uh, guide us. We, we, we need your direction. Um, Father, at a time when there are some that are in that Hebron moment and they may be leaning themselves over. Maybe they're like Lot, who was still righteous, but he was dwelling in the land of wickedness. Lord, get a hold of their heart. You can bring them out of that. And there are those that have committed themselves to other things even this day. In the still small voice, you can, you can deliver them. And we surrender them to you. But as for us and our house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're going forward, and we thank you for what you're going to bless us in in this year. For all this, we ask in Jesus' name, and we tell you what a privilege it is to partner with you, Father. Who would have thought such a thing could be? Thank you, Father. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Happy New Year. And... Um, 
we'll uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye.